And we're live. Well, welcome back, everybody. I know it's been a while, but we felt like we really had to talk to you guys. Not only did we need an episode, but uh, what we just witnessed today. It is uh, October 11, 2020, uh, 7.25 p.m. Central Time, 8.25 Eastern, 5.25 Pacific. Uh, We just witnessed the Cowboys game. Uh, You have myself here. It's Andy Yeager, as per usual. And then um, coming out of the Big Apple, we have the great Jose Granados. That's me, Jose Granados. He, him, hit. It's coming in from the Big Apple area, Metroplex. Amen to that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we, we might have Kellen showing up here later. We'll see. Uh, it's TBD on that. Um, who knows in, the, in this day and age what might happen with him. So we'll just start off right away with the Cowboys game. Um, I'm sure if anyone was watching, it was a typical Cowboys game where they came back and they won the game in dramatic fashion. But I think the big story is, uh, of course, Dak going down. Uh, with a very bad ankle injury. He's actually getting surgery right now as we speak, apparently. Good Lord. Uh, Honestly, I just got to say, I I couldn't believe it. Uh, I feel like the Cowboys are, they're designed to be entertaining more than they are to be successful. Um, And somehow or another, this happened to Dak, and I'll be honest, I feel horrible for him. Um, I'm not even really concerned about the season at this point. Uh, because it doesn't seem like it's going to be what everybody expected, uh, which is the normal thing with every Cowboys season. It's Super Bowl expectations, and then they get kind of brought down to reality. But Dak's never missed a game, and, um, yeah, that was really, you know, it would be one thing if he went down with a, I don't know, a regular injury, but this looked awful. Did you see it? Were you watching that, Jose? I'll be completely transparent. I was in and out, uh, so I wasn't watching the whole game. I was mm-hmm. catching bits and pieces yeah. uh, sometimes through windows and stuff of uh, <laughs> yeah. restaurants. <laughs> but I, I didn't actually see the injury. But it's probably good I did that you just, don't. I actually just pulled it up and watched oh. <laughs> it while you were describing it. And my God, yeah. that is very gruesome. Quite frankly, it's one of the grossest injuries I've seen. Yeah, you knew it was bad when uh, uh, basically he's down and you don't think anything of it, I guess, watching TV. And then all of a sudden he's just immediately like calling for the doctor. Like it was within moments he was calling over the team uh, medical staff. And, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's like as if 2020 couldn't uh, be bad enough, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I'm um, gonna throw up. I'm <laughs> rewatching it again right now. Yeah. But like, if you like looking back on it, and like whenever you're, I, I don't know what it was like then, but like on replay, yeah. if you know that you're supposed to look for something, you see it immediately. You're just oh like, yeah. Oh man, that yeah. is not supposed to turn that way. Oh my goodness, yeah. And I mean, as he was laying down there, I mean, the camera was zoomed in on it as he was laying down, oh, and and uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden you just you look at his ankle and you're like, oh, that's a 90 degree angle, isn't it? Um, that cart was out there just immediately. They're like, okay, he's, he's not going to be <laughs> limping to the side. So. It's just like we're a month into the season, and the Cowboys have already provided a season's worth 
of storylines. I mean, maybe just not. a lot of unusual business. Like uh, you remember the end of that Falcons game? Like what? Oh was... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the Falcons game, uh, and then getting just boat raced by the the, the Browns, and then coming back and then losing uh, in just spectacular fashion with Odell Beckham Jr. going all the way, like. Uh, like I said, the Cowboys keep it interesting, and they do keep it entertaining, but uh, today was a really big wave of emotions. Um, so, obviously, you know, with Dak now, it's a weird situation because, obviously, he's on the, the franchise tag. Um, you wonder now, obviously, I guess we can expect he's out for the season. I would assume so. <laughs> I think yeah. it's safe to say. I mean, out for the season in his franchise year. You know, um, I guess that's what, a good reason why they signed Andy Dalton. I, I mean, he was a starter just a year ago. He took a team, the Bengals, for crying out loud. And uh, Andrew, if you're listening or watching, sorry, um, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, the, he's a diehard Bengals fan that I know. Um, he's a diehard sports wave. Yeah, well, he might be if he's if he's tuning in right now. Um, but yeah, so I have I'm glad that they were able to get a good backup. And honestly, nor, like last year when we had uh, uh, Cooper Rush as our backup uh, or as a Cowboys backup. God, I sound like a, a homer, but I'm transparent. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had Cooper Rush last year and. There's no way he'd be a starter on any other team. Andy Dalton legitimately could be a starter on other teams. And honestly, once he gets a hang of it, this offense is really good. So I still don't think the Cowboys are going to be anywhere near what their expectations always are. But I think they're in decent hands, I guess, with the backup. But Dak's future now is in complete uncertainty. Right. This reminds me of, uh, you remember that season when Romo went down and yeah, getting that came in. I think <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be like that. Yeah, serviceable at best, and maybe not so good at worst. So. Yeah, you know, with with Dalton's experience, you know, I think he'll be composed and he'll be able to run the offense, especially with the weapons. The thing I think he lacks with Dak, besides like leadership and and all that, like it is the physical or not the physical the um, the the running ability. Uh, meaning right. like getting out of the pocket. You know, not getting, a dual threat. Exactly, not a dual threat. Not really, at least. I mean, I'm sure he can move a little, but not like Dak could. As we were watching in the game, he was fighting for, for some of those first downs. He, he scored a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. How crazy was that? Did you see that play? They, they did I did the, not. Okay, so basically you can watch it on the highlights later, but or you can watch it now if you want. But basically it's a Philly special, and – he hands it off to Zeke. He runs out for a pass, and then uh, Zeke hands it off to what's the guy's name? That number eleven unknown receiver guy. Ah, I know his name, but I can't think of it right now. Uh, and he throws a touchdown pass to Dak in the end zone. It was exactly like the Philly special, essentially. Um, so what a what an insane game in. You know, the, the whole Twitter world exploded after that happened, uh, you know, especially with the Cowboys being, like, the most kind of watched franchise. What a crazy day this will be if, in fact, the Lakers win their championship, which they're winning 
right now 44 to 20 44 to 30 they're probably gonna win and then 46 the to 30 yeah yeah i think my stream's a little behind oh there it is um and then the cowboys have an insane injury and their season might be toast now what a weird day um yeah, I mean, beyond that, the NFL has been uh, interesting, to say the least, I guess. If you if you factor in COVID, I think uh, everybody thought the season was going to happen. I don't think there was much doubt, as opposed to college football, where I think we were thinking college football is not going to happen. So it's like we figured, you know... In a few months ago, or a couple months ago, we were thinking, well, what's going to happen? What's more likely to happen? I think everyone thought the NFL would be more likely than college football. Well, as it turns out, both of them are happening, uh, in some cases with fans. And then the other thing that's happening in the NFL, not so much college football yet, uh, is oh, we have Kellen. All right, cool. Oh, real quick while Kellen is logging in. Um, the name that you were thinking of was Cedric Wilson. Cedric wide Wilson, receiver. The most forgettable name ever. No, uh, yeah, that was exactly <laughs> him. And he's actually had a fantastic year. Kellen, do you read us? Shade to Cedric Wilson. Dude, I, I have y'all. Sorry for coming in late, y'all. Oh, uh, cue, cue the round of applause drop. <laughs> we need that. I just derailed everything. Do nice uh, microphone setup, Jose. Thank you, thank you. Let's get you on uh, vid. I want to see. Oh, uh, sorry. And uh, yeah, I no. See the you don't want to see that right now. I, I literally jumped out, and I'm like, yeah. So you get this weird uh, emoticon that I've got, or picture of my face. So there That's, you go. Looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> continue, y'all. Continue, please. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, you're saying outside of uh, the Cowboys, the general uh, NFL. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention, uh, we've seen a lot less games canceled uh, than like other sports, particularly um, college football. I think the first game that was canceled was uh, the Bears game. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but it's been a lot worse in the college football front. You know, just a lot of COVID cancellations from, uh, you know, the Baylor games, the Houston games. Right. Just all around. Yeah, it's... Uh... Which is weird. You wouldn't expect that. But I guess the NFL, they have all these schedule intricacies. And today the NFL released a statement rescheduling like eight games over the next, you know, the remainder of the season. So it's like, how many times can they do this balancing act, I guess is the question. Um, right. And, you know, there's a lot of criticism from everybody, I guess, uh, who, who knows about the NFLs in terms of like saying uh, – delaying the season or pausing the season to to get everybody back on track maybe um that has been a discussion point but i mean i guess overall it hasn't been uh you know hasn't been i guess doom but it doom and gloom for the nfl but it looks like it's headed in that direction maybe we'll see yeah we'll see i will tell yeah kind of hard to do the bubble system like the nhl did there Listen, guys, we just got to yeah. wait until after the election. I don't tell. <laughs> yeah. This is all going away. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if that's, that's wow, it. if that's what happens, then wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, beyond that, the other thing, you know, as it pertains, you know, just wrapping up the NFL, I think the 
injuries have been a storyline. Uh, basically, uh, having you know no training camp, limited training camp at that, and, and right. it's really shown that. And I guess you could say in the college ranks too is like there's been well, a lot Nick, of especially the college ranks. I was gonna, yeah. gonna say that to later, but mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely see that. It, also with like the contact tracing that's happened, you know, mm-hmm. that's like you know, just affected whole position groups as we see in like you know Oklahoma and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that a good transition, or did we want to touch more on the NFL? Oh, uh, wanna... no, uh, that was good. I mean, like you know, we kind of talk uh, basically the big story of the day, and that'll be the big story of the week is the right. Dak injury and. Yeah, I just heard about that, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, if you watch the video, it's like really gruesome. Like you'll puke in your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. I mean, I'm semi kidding. It's it was like oh. oh yeah. Geez. No, so that'll be kind of the story of the week, and maybe the rest of the year for that matter. Uh, especially as he heads into another contract year. Um, cool. Yeah. So. NFL uh, still going on, delaying games. We're going to move on to another sport, which is college football. Uh, yeah. We were all very, uh, I guess, maybe pleasantly surprised that they resumed the season. Um, as, you know, when we last spoke, a lot of different conferences were either opting in or opting out or not doing anything at all. Right. Uh, Big Big Ten, for example, preemptively said that they weren't playing the season, and then when SEC, Big 12, uh, and, and other conferences. ACC. And ACC, right? They all basically said we're playing. Um, they came back on and started playing. So uh, the, the season has kind of started, I guess, in the last few weeks. And we've kind of fast-forwarded in conf- into conference play in a, lot, in a lot of the cases. Right, and many of them started just with conference play, like the SEC, just kind of mm-hmm. just went into it and stuff, instead of having like out of conference play really uh but yeah it's kind of starting in earnest here within the next two weeks the big 10 is going to join in Mm. and then you know a week after that or a week or so after that um the pac-12 will join so by this time next month we're going to be in it boys (laughs) by november 7th is the date that uh, pac-12 is projected to start yeah that's when it'll really feel like fall and yeah you know the college Mm. football season going on yeah um and you know if we're just talking about uh, COVID implications as well, uh, you know, there's been a lot of fans in certain stadiums. Like, I don't know if we saw, obviously, the A&M game. Um, obviously, not nearly as much as they could they could hold. That place holds over 100,000 people, but there was still quite a bit of people there. The Florida Dude, coach. Man. Yeah. The, the Florida coach. uh it's escaping me, Jose. Dan Mullen. Yeah. He basically said after the game, because uh, Florida just basically, uh, they opened up sporting events to full capacity now. Uh, oh, I heard about that. And, wow. and so he's saying, uh, basically, oh. fill the stadium up. That's what he said after yeah. the game. Yeah, because he was saying uh, the Texas A&M game, like, audience was a factor. You know. Yeah, a lot of them... From what I heard, there were people from the the top who basically moved down to the bottom. Um, so, regardless, that's another weird wrinkle, and I guess you could expect, uh, depending how things go, I guess who knows. But 
you can expect other colleges to follow suit in some way. I guess it depends on Especially the region. Especially Florida. So. Well, yeah, Florida, of course. Florida, Florida. State, Miami. Yeah, uh, they're all going to follow USA, suit. And then FAU. And so now I will say, I mean, COVID aside, I, I definitely, you know, what, looking into the season, one of the things I truly was going to miss was the fans. Um, yep. You know, and just thinking about games that we watched in the past, obviously I know different time, but like that was one of my favorite things, especially, you know, an SEC crowd or a big, it's just, everyone's there, you know, and it's loud and it's, it's just part of the game. I love it because, you know, the, I love the, the art of the silent count when you're on the road, like just, just because the crowd is so loud. And I was, you know, obviously I, I, you know, I was ready for anything for this year, especially with the NFL, they've been playing with no fans, so I was kind of ready for it. But um, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, by the end of the season, there probably might be fans. I don't know. It's weird. Well, yeah, and like you know, the no, I guess no, the words escape me. The ethical nature of that kind of decision. Yeah, uh, for sure. No, it still, yeah. could definitely be debated. I say I like maybe it's not the best thing <laughs> to just have full capacity. When, Full you know, capacity COVID's seems still a little strong. Yeah, uh, I mean, fifty percent is already pushing it. I think. But, oh, I mean, yeah. if you've seen like a couple of these games, yeah. particular the one that comes to mind is like a Florida State game a few weeks ago. When, oh, really? You know, things that came out of it is like viral pictures of people in the stands just not wearing masks at all, yeah. or just like not really observing. And. Uh, you know, proper social distance, which is and really disconcerting. And that's the odd thing for if any big sporting event is going to try to experiment with opening it up and things like that. I felt like college football would have been the last one on the list right. to try first. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the NFL, it's like, for the most part, it's adults uh, who are out of college and things like that. And if they, yeah. they want to go to the game, they go to the game. I would imagine they would probably adhere at least a little bit better to some of the policies than college students so i mean not surprised at all uh, obviously to to hear that and i've definitely noticed that as well i mean it's really unfortunate it is um i mean and some of those stadiums like even if they're not really packed they look not like packed but it kind of looks like the way that they're spread out like there's a lot of people in the stadium you know like because when i was watching that texas a&m game like of course, it's definitely not packed to capacity, but it looked like there was a healthy amount of, well, maybe healthy being the operative word, but there was a lot of <laughs> And they were still doing the, um, uh, you know, the uh, name of the tradition eludes me, but the sawing motion, you know, where they put oh, hands yeah. on each other's shoulders. And then oh, back and yeah, yeah. So oh, they were doing that? Oh, yeah, they were doing that. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were doing that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. But, you know, I guess if it helps them speak out a win. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's definitely going to be a factor. And it really just adds to the dynamic nature of, of this college football season. You know, it's like we have conferences playing different numbers of games, like different teams not having all the players that they were expecting to have. Uh you know, there's so many different factors, but at the end of the day, we are still seeing some good games, uh, like the one we saw over the weekend. There was a, a few good ones. Uh, one of them being, of course, the Red River. I call it shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> some of the old man. heads in the room. We can't will call say it that shootout. anymore. Oh no no no, 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 no! 
It's Red River shoot. It was Red River Shootout. Then it went to Red River Showdown. Showdown, which I was okay Red River Rivalry, Mm -hmm. which is good for alliteration. But the shootout nature was the apropos term this time around, considering how you know this game went down. Truly, right? Yeah, right. I mean, defense as as the Big (laughs) Twelve goes, you know, of course, defense optional. But for both of these programs, you know, it's. Texas, obviously, I think, had a little bit higher expectations, or they may have had level expectations with Oklahoma at the beginning of the season, but now we're kind of seeing both teams are kind of in the same spot. Yep. Um, Not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not the best, but they're definitely, like, probably closer to the top of the Big 12 than, like, you know, the bottom or anything. But it's definitely, like, parity has kind of taken hold in the conference with this COVID situation. Uh, It reminds me of, you know, a quote from uh, Lincoln Riley in the offseason that, like, one of his, like, units was just completely wiped out due to, you know, COVID and contact tracing. I think we can kind of guess which unit that was. (laughs) The offensive or the defensive line, considering how they've been playing. Oh, wow. That was a good one, man. (laughs) Had to be the defense. Yeah. Helen, what were your thoughts on the game? Did you Honestly, watch it man, or? I only watched like five minutes of it. Uh, so bless I, me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just very ill prepared. <laughs> no, that's okay. The game was really, it kind of highlighted what I'm noticing about football this year. And it's really about, I, I've honestly noticed thing, something about it where it's like, okay, number one, there's a, f- the games are just too long, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. The the clock rule is if anyone doesn't know if it, uh, the difference between the clock rule in college football and the clock rule in the NFL, it's basically the clock stops after um, every first down until yep. the ball is lined up again at the line of scrimmage. So uh, that adds an additional, I don't know, 20, 30 snaps. There's a number out there somewhere, but it adds more snaps than there would be if it was a running clock. Uh, which obviously means more time. The other thing that's bothering me, and I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, targeting has gotten out of control. And I mean that in the sense of how we're officiating it. And I just feel like they're way too quick on the trigger for targeting, and it always stops down the game. You always have to go to the booth, review, commercial break, come back. So many reviews, man. Come back. And it's like they're just – don't get me wrong. Targeting needs to be a rule. And I've heard many people in the like not only commentators like Joel Klatt, da na 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 Joel Klatt, <laughs> um, and you know everybody has been criticizing the the the, uh, the targeting rule because it's just I feel like they're being a little too sensitive and then they they throw the uh, the player out of the game immediately and it's like I mean they review it and then they're like yep you're out so long story and you short, get the suspension right. Yeah. I guess or so. You or you get kicked out of the game or you get kicked out of the next game. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't I don't agree with it. Um, so anyway. Uh, well, oh. you'd think after so many like calls that it'd be easier for, you know, the referees to spot and to be able to like determine whether it's targeting or not. Yeah. It shouldn't take as long as it's, you know, being taken in the review. It's just like, yeah, grounded that, boom, done. Yeah. yeah. So that's been one thing that's been kind of bothering me. Just like it's, like even in the Red River uh, rivalry shootout showdown, um, I was I, I slept in 
because I usually do that on Saturdays. But uh, and I woke up, you know, roughly around eleven thirty, and I was like, I saw the game had started, and then I, I was able to sleep in a little bit longer. And it's like I woke up before halftime. I'm like, great. It's like two hours. I mean, the game with the overtimes, and it went five overtimes in college football overtime. It was wild because the – okay, so the way I schedule out my Saturdays because mm-hmm. I really do like college football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, at noon is when, like, you know, big noon Saturday and all the noon games come. Yep. And that's when, you know, you OU and UT were scheduled to play at noon here yep. at Eastern time. And so I started watching it. And then, like, I give myself little breaks throughout the day just so that I'm not, like, sitting in front of the TV the whole time. And I knew that at 3.30 was, you know, the CBS game for the SEC. Yep. And that's generally around the time when, you know, the noon games end. So once 3.30 hit, at that point, I believe UT was down, like, 10 or 14 points. Uh-huh. Like, they were down, like, some, like, an amount that I thought was insurmountable because there's only, like, I don't know, like, three minutes left in the game. And so it was like, okay, I can switch the channel. Don't have to worry about it. And then, you know, I started watching the SEC game. And then an hour later, I was like, you know what? I think there was another Big 12 game that was supposed to be on Fox. So I think I'll switch back. And then I switched back, and boom, the OU-UT game was still going on. That's when I found out that it was, like, in its second overtime. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And that's, like, a testament to what you said, that, like, you know, how the, how the clock man is managed in college football. Like, right. an hour later, and it's just the second Dude. overtime. It's... And they were had, like, a minute left in, like, the fourth quarter. That's insane. Yeah, and and and... and... I got this point from Joel Klatt. That's why I mentioned it because he does a weekly show on on the ticket locally. But uh, he basically said, like, besides the fact of us just like or, or the game just lasting longer and that being a, a downside to that, to the clock rule, is the additional snaps. We're talking about more snaps than you would normally get and more opportunities for injury, etc. So there's a legit uh, – you know, health aspect to it as well. Um, and I think it's a win-win. I think eventually they'll come to their senses and change it because uh, I think it's an archaic rule. But, uh, right. as, uh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm a little less gung-ho. Like, I can definitely understand, you know, injury concerns. And if that's yeah. change it, that's fine. But, like, I, I just really like college football. So no, me too. And, and, and honestly, there is – and that's the other side of it too because just as we saw in the um, – the OU Texas game, uh, no lead is safe no matter what. Like, yeah. seriously, like, you're always in the game no matter what. That's why uh, you'll see, you know, blowouts a lot of times in college football. Not because, I mean, yeah, of course, the, like, Alabama would definitely destroy East uh, Tennessee Tech uh, yeah. 62-3. to but it's more so it's like they want to make sure there's no possible chance, and you have to do that by running up the score, I think. Right. Texas is not back. You heard it here. So, yeah, let's talk about that for a sec. I mean, I I think OU is in a transition year. So if if any opportunity to to kind of you know win a Big Twelve championship, I think it was going to be this year for Texas. I think a lot of people thought that this is uh, you know, and they are a pretty decent team. I mean, they're okay, I guess, but. I mean, Sam Ellinger's in his fourth year. Uh, yeah. Tom Herman fired, like, 
coordinators left and right. He's yeah. got Chris Ash in there, and they're supposed to be changing around this season because, you know, these are his players. It's fourth year there. He can't, like, blame it on, like, Charlie Strong or anything like that, previous administration. So right. His stuff is, you know, uh, you know, support stuff. I don't know. Uh, I think, like, this year is ultimately going to be a wash for them. I don't know if Sam Ellinger is going to come back next year. I'm not sure if there's, like, yeah. much point for him, too. So it's really quite an inflection period for the Yeah, again, another one. And you talk about Ellinger coming back. Are they? Are you, t- are you referencing the new rule that they uh, – are they implementing a rule where if, if you're a senior, you can still come back for another year? Well, because of COVID, you know, right. everybody has eligibility for the next year. But at the same time, it's just like, what else can Sam Ellinger do? Well, yeah, because you know, like he's he's he he's, has you know to his credit, he's been playing very well. Yeah, mostly. oh my god, yeah, he like was... he has like so many touchdowns and so many yards. But like, if he had the opportunity to like you know, come back another year, it would be for like a championship or something. But it wouldn't be just like for draft stock because I think he's shown like most of what he can so far. Yeah, he's got some Tim Tebow in him. Um, in terms of his playing style, I mean, he was he was the reason Texas was in the game yesterday. And, oh yeah, and each and every time, like this game or Texas Tech, it's because he's yeah. been like you know willing them, and that's a credit to what like a good quarterback can do. But that's not to say he's yeah. a great quarterback. I think he's like definitely an A, but I'm kind, not sure about any class. Kind of like Colt McCoy. I mean, Colt McCoy had a pretty decent arm, though. I'll give him that yeah. for for college quarterback. It didn't really translate to the NFL, but. I thought Colt was. Good. Oh, he's still in the NFL. So crazy. Yeah, I know. I forgot, which is crazy. Heck, He'll make it, you know. Maybe the Cowboys will sign him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it just as a you know a thing with college football, I think we're seeing the usual suspects. I guess. Uh, I mean, we got to mention at least A um, and M getting a finally getting a, a big win. This is probably their biggest win since they beat Alabama back in 2012. Uh, or was it 2013? One of the other, one of those years with Manziel. Uh, so Aggie Nation, I guess, is pretty fired up. I would imagine, even though they got spanked by Alabama, but um, good win for them. And I don't know, was Florida ranked too high? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher, another guy, kind of like Tom Herman, in that he's been there a while, but yeah. you know, not four years, but he's been there three years, and like this is kind of a proving year for them because you know they've had Kellen Mock for a couple of years and yeah. you know it's Jimbo Fisher's guys mostly there it's not like they're all you know Kevin Sumlin's guys or anything like that and like this was kind of the year that they kind of thought like hey if this is the year that if they're going to do it or prove it you know this is kind of the year and yeah. you know of course COVID threw that all out of whack too but uh, you know people were really high on Texas A&M like maybe having the potential to do something and you know it's pretty strange how college football works considering they got like you said blown out by alabama but you know then they turn around and they beat the number four team in the nation in florida and very good florida you know for that you know they're not like this isn't like a scrub team or like a fake team that has a high ranking you know florida's pretty legit uh but somehow they pulled it off it was exciting mm, yeah uh, i agree i mean they were they were a good football team and definitely favored. A lot of people were picking them to just absolutely absolutely destroy the Aggies. So um, I guess good for them. I didn't think A and M was going to pull it off. Like I knew they had the potential just because they had the talent. Mm-hmm. Four stars, a pretty good coach. But. So 
So beyond that, uh, you know, Bama is still Bama. They uh, they went and beat uh, Ole Miss, which uh, again, Saban. That was a shootout. That was a good was, game. They, I, I had like it, I was actually doing some work in my here uh, on a Saturday night, just having that in the background. Literally, it was uh, every, company man. I know, uh, but for like every drive was a touchdown there, and it was pretty entertaining for the most part. And honestly, at the end of the day. Bama proved that they're better. And then Saban also is undefeated against his former assistants. That's one of the 21 and 0. Yeah. Is that, that, is that, one. How that many? was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite stats <laughs> is because I was watching this game and I was like, no way is the lone Saban disciple going to finally beat the master. I was really hoping for old. And Mr. Lane Kiffin, you know, credit to him. He, Put up, uh, I mean, sure credit to Ole Miss. They put up a hell of a fight, I mean, and you know they were close. They, they had that onside kick. I'm not sure if you guys. Uh, yep, game, yep, but yep. Like, and the kicker almost had it. He yeah. was so close. That was like a perfect left. bounce too. I know it was great. This was so many good onside so kicks close. lately. And like once it kind of like went down a little bit, just due to like you know silly mistakes, you just kind of knew it was like no man. This was like a tit for tat. You, the whoever got the ball last was gonna win. And yeah. if you can't like score, then you know that's it. That's just like the whole. That's the only difference. Like how these teams are playing is high scoring. Great, I I love that. That was good. Wow. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Roll that, tide. No. That. Yeah. They're they're probably still gonna be there. Clemson. You can expect them to be there. They had a big win. Oh yeah, um, they beat the they beat at Miami. You know, Miami uh, mm-hmm. just kind of like it was exciting there for a little bit, but they it just kind of like the, there's like you know there's a huge difference in depth. Just Clemson has a lot of great players, and you know Miami they had a chance there at the beginning. Yeah, they sure um, did. Um, <laughs> they they really did. But that's the thing, you know, the good teams usually kind of yeah. they prove themselves at the end of the day. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, one, one dark horse that I'm looking at is Iowa state. Um, I really like Brock Purdy. I think he is, oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a first round talent, uh, for a quarterback. He's really clutch for that team. And I don't know something about Iowa state, especially when they had those blacked out jerseys when they were playing OU and they beat him in that really awesome game. Um, I, I just like Iowa State. I don't know. I just I want to see a new a new face like Kansas State as well. Um, they're they're doing pretty decent right now. So the Big Twelve could be maybe it's going to be a, a year of um, parity in the Big Twelve. Maybe we'll see somebody else at the top. I'm glad you brought up K State and um, Iowa State, the the two states. Um, <laughs> yeah, they uh, and the third state with Oklahoma State. Those guys are you know clearly very very good teams. Yeah, uh, out of those three, it's you know it could be any one of them that actually may, maybe finally takes it away from OU this year. I think that I don't think people are sleeping sleeping on them, but I think Kansas State. You know, yeah, I think that team has a real shot to just kind of like make it to the top. Yeah, they're and, my dark horse. And you know what? I don't know if anyone knew this, Jose. You may know this, but uh, I didn't. Basically, their head coach was the North Dakota State head coach who. Won all those Division Two championships for years and years. Uh, just literally, I don't yep. know. I didn't know. I had no idea that that guy, the architect of that North 
Dakota State dynasty um, moved up and moved up into the Big 12 and is doing pretty good. Yep, and, you know, credit to Kansas State for finding him. Yeah. I mean, of well, course yeah. he was always there, but, like, you know, people had their doubts about his, you know, work translating to, quote, the next level. But, like, I think Kansas State was one of the perfect places for him to land. Yeah. yeah, and like a huge like program, like I don't know, like maybe Texas or Alabama or something like that. But Kansas State is like they're gonna take the risk, and they also have like maybe untraditional like uh, recruits there, just because they're a smaller school. And, like that's perfect for a guy with those kinds of talents. He's a great coach, I think. Yeah, and honestly, as we wrap up college football, I want to talk about. I'll just throw in there since we were just talking about North Dakota State. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, another he he was the supposed to be the the current North Dakota State quarterback, but he has already opted for the NFL draft um, because of COVID and everything else. So uh, he's projected to be um, a top pick as well. And I didn't know about him earlier. All I knew is that he recently opted out of the season and is opting in for the NFL draft. And there's a lot of retweets and stuff like that. <clears throat> Um, cool. College football is back. Hopefully it remains. Um, real quick, we're going to talk just a second, touch on what is happening right now as we speak as the NBA Finals. Uh, the bubble has lasted quite a while. Uh, I've honestly lost interest ever since the Mavs got kicked out, but uh, I guess what is happening is what a lot of people expected, which is the Lakers uh, more than likely about to win... Um, their 17th championship. Oh, yeah, they are well on their way. It's halftime, and they're up, I believe, like 28 points. It's uh, pretty <laughs> Yeah, crazy. I guess they decided to show up instead of, uh, yeah, if you remember last game, they decided to wear the Black Mamba jerseys, and um, Anthony Davis, he even spray-painted his shoes gold. Uh, and, of course, that came back to bite them as the Heat uh, beat them in game five. So, uh, honestly, um, not too much other than, of course, the Lakers won. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think this will be one of maybe two championships they win together, but not many. The NBA is getting very uh, – the NBA is catching up, and we're, we're starting to transition to a new era of who's going to be the next dominant team. And so, no surprise, I guess, for me. I mean, I'm a big basketball fan, but I'll be honest with you. Um you know, with the Stars run, which we're about to touch on here, uh, and the Mavs kind of going out in the first round, I was just, I never really got too much into the, the NBA Finals just because of the, I don't know if it's the bubble aspect or, I don't know. I feel like these guys have been there for a long-ass time, and they definitely want to go home. But um, Yeah, I, I imagine that has, you know, a lot to do with it. But, like, you know, grossly related to that sorry closely related to that it's yeah. just like how COVID has thrown everything off everything's been like pushed back it's kind of like it's not weird to have basketball on right now but yeah. like you know we'd be usually seeing this in june and that was like four months ago. yeah and not competing like in october and now it's the finals you know yeah in all seriousness in all reality like these past few months for sports have just been insane we've just been like drinking from a fire hose essentially with all the sports and there were, in some cases, all of them going on simultaneously at the same time. Yeah, there was um, that one day that, like, yeah. all, like you said, every yeah. single sport, major sports team was Including playing. Including even the WNBA. I mean, we had it all covered that day. 
which is awesome, you know. But I even got to the point where I was just like, okay, I need a break from sports. Like, this has almost been, like, too much. Um, and I never thought I'd say that. But... Yeah, I got to crack up in this uh, John Steinmet book. It's <laughs> something else. Dude, yeah. Um, so, anyway, NBA, the bubble's been fun. LeBron's going to get another ring, and we can all debate if he's better than Michael Jordan at another time. Um, okay, so something that definitely happened since our last episode that I think we – I don't even remember – when episode 10 came out, this may have been at the, the bottom of the, the Stars season. Uh, maybe I think they were just getting into the bubble. But, uh, yeah, something like that. The Stars definitely uh, surprised and shocked a lot of people by going all the way to the final. The uh, Stars almost aligned. This, wow, that, that was a good one. I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. Uh, that's, a yeah. good, that's a good headline right there. Um, yeah, so it was a good run. Uh, basically, they lost to Tampa in six games. Tampa was uh, a lot of yep. people's pick to go all the way. Anyway, not mm-hmm. one person, and I can guarantee you, I don't even know if anyone in Vegas would have even bet, even the most diehard Stars fan would have bet that the, uh, the Stars got that far. So I want to talk just quickly about that run. Um, so, Kellen, I mean, just, I mean, you're arguably the one of the biggest Stars fans in the group. So what was it like for you, and, and how did you see the run in your eyes? Uh, dude, it was amazing. Uh, I, I uh, honestly believe that we, uh, that the Stars could get to the Western Conference uh, final, and that's what something that we've been talking about for a while. It's like, you know, I feel like the, we were talking about, like, let's get to the Western Conference championship, right? I think that's like one of the biggest goals that we've been setting for the stars thus far. Yeah. But, um, dude, I, I honestly, uh, I was really thinking that we were going to get, uh, beat down by Vegas to be completely honest. I was very surprised we won that series and it ended up, well, apparently now I'm, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but Mm -hmm. apparently it didn't even seem that tough to beat Vegas. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously we, and, and you know, not nearly as tough as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but um, I to be honest, I, I was shocked though that yeah, we were uh, that we got to the final. Man, I I was dude, I was like ecstatic. Yeah, I think uh, after they beat Calgary, which you know Calgary was kind of wasn't the greatest team. We got a we definitely yeah. had a fa- favorable matchup, I thought, in the first round, and so right uh, getting past them, and I think. The Colorado one was the one I was like, yeah, all right. Oof. Well, it was a fun ride. Um, we, we, this is probably it. Cause See how many times NBC could talk about McKinnon. McKinnon, which was a huge factor in the broadcast. Uh, I would like to petition the NHL for at least the Dallas market because we have the best, uh, the best play-by-play and, and color commentary uh, yes. duo in the NHL. And I truly mean that based on what I've – from what I've been hearing on NBC Sports, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> I mean, give us the TSN feed instead of that. Uh, but the local commentators should be able to also have a broadcast, but I understand how the national um, the national uh, the channels... Conversation? What, right. They have yeah, to have yeah they're going to go for the biggest hype, man. That's yeah. what they always do. But... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic run, you know, also highlighted by Anton Hudobin, who was oh, just like a... Dude. 
a spirit the animal. Hero. A spirit animal for all stars fans, and he always was, you know. And uh, with the with the injury to Bishop, and mm. which was the number one goalie in a lot of people's eyes. Obviously, he was the starter, and he mm-hmm. is, and he, he definitely was. But um, Hudobin put on a run that he, I feel like he just caught momentum and, and, and got on a roll. Like he he yeah. knew what was at stake, and this was his feel or, or his first real. Uh, opportunity to, to be a consistent starter in the playoffs after you know not really having that opportunity. So uh, I thought he was the MVP of the playoffs, no doubt. Um, and you know the defenseman, you know obviously the we had we saw Kiviranta emerge from out of nowhere, and now he's going to be. A, oh man, dude, that guy is awesome, and I hope he gets paid well here in a few years. Uh, well, granted that he keeps on. You know, yeah. progressing. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. I think who was the guy that was out that they basically he was scratched at the last second. I forgot his name; it's escaping me. But um, that's Kiviranta replaced that guy and was in the lineup, and then he scored the game winner in overtime. Oh um, mm. uh, yeah, that, against uh, Cogliano. I think it was Cogliano. Yeah, Cogliano, yeah. He was out and. Yeah, it was the overtime winner against Colorado. And I think if we're just talking about our favorite moments in the Stanley Cup uh, or for this run, I think that was probably it when they advanced. Um, yes. To, to be, I don't know if it was the Vegas one or the – I don't know. The Colorado one was when I really started to believe. Yeah, yeah, same here. That's uh, I think that was like, yeah, that was the turning point right there. Yeah. Because uh, that was a furious series, man. Like that was that was insane. I loved it. Um, yeah, and and you know just and and whenever they got to the finals, I thought I was like, all right, well, this is it. We might as well try and go win it. And I thought it was a tough matchup with the Lightning. I mean, at that point, I was I wouldn't say I was satisfied with how far they got, but I was like, you know, if they don't if yeah they don't take it all then. You know. And also, uh, the Stars were riddled with injuries, too. Oh, goodness, yeah. Um, I mean, even Kudobin himself was injured playing, <laughs> but yeah. we found out later. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's a, um, it's like a, you know, Bob Stern was talking about it. I mean, this this happens in every long Stanley Cup win, or run that's been around. Like, pe- it, it comes with a price, and usually that that check becomes due um, at a certain point when you've been playing not mm-hmm. only um, so many games in a short period of time. I mean, factor in, um, the NHL was ready to get out of the bubble. The bubble. Yep, um, back-to-backs, man, in the back playoffs. Back-to-backs in the, in the Stanley Cup final also. Yeah, um, unheard, unheard of. Exactly, took the words out of my, out of my mouth. <laughs> um, and, That's wild. And so they, they were, and the NBA bubble is kind of doing that to a certain extent, but um, – the, the fact of the matter is, you know, these pe- these people have been in a bubble away from their families, et cetera, the whole dynamic behind that, you know, and the NHL is like, all right, let's, let's get this over with. Uh, yep. And, and that was a factor too. But at the end of the day, uh, let's go. Home. <laughs> I, honestly. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I think we saw a lot of people step up and uh, I think it saved Jim Nill's <laughs> job. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and also, uh, what do you think about a uh, bonus getting resigned, Andy? <coughs> Fantastic. Or question. are they ta- taking <coughs> the interim me. tag off? Well, it's tough. Like honestly, I wasn't. I was. I was thinking, no matter what happens, 
he wasn't going to be the head coach because honestly, I didn't think that was what he wanted to do. But uh, right, I thought he was resigned to just being. Yeah, assistant. same here. I didn't think that's what he wanted to do either. That's why I was so I was like, well, I guess he changed his mind. But uh, yeah, and I think you know, there's been recent interviews of uh, him pretty much saying is, you know, I, I want to be a coach and this is what I do and things like that. So honestly, if, if this is one of those, uh, you know, igniting a fire and, you know, this late, obviously for him, who, who's been around and I forgot, I think he's the first coach to coach in, I don't know, it was four decades. It's cr- some crazy number. Like he coached yeah. in 79. Like, yeah, back uh, back in like the 80s yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. In the 80s and 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and then now 20. Um, crazy. So, I mean, in terms of my thoughts on that, I think, of course, I love Bonus. You know, I mean, I think he's, I mean, I, I really can't say anything bad about him other than when he put Bishop in against, uh, yeah. was it Colorado when they got destroyed? Yeah, um, yeah. And the re-aggra- re-aggravated that injury. Yeah, so beyond that, I thought, um, he did a bang up job and if he's going to be this, this next, the, the next, you know, permanent head coach for however long that may be, I say, why not? Because, uh, he's shown that he's, he can coach in extreme adversity. He can coach up players, young players, even when their top veterans, Sagan, Ben, um, aren't necessarily like, I mean, they had some good performances, don't get me wrong, but on the the whole picture, they, they didn't perform as well as I thought they could have. And we're talking yeah. the, two, the two highest paid players on the team. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought they fought no matter what. Obviously, Sagan was dealing with an injury. Uh, ben probably had something going on, too. And I thought Ben really turned it up towards the end of the playoffs. And he's def- right. definitely our captain. But uh, my point is, he can coach up players. And I think there's a lot of good qualities about him. I just also factor in that they've had three or four head coaches over the last four years, mm-hmm. and I don't think this group has the longest window in the world. I think their window is nope. st- still open, but yeah, it's um, closing quickly. I don't really. Want, I don't want them mm-hmm. to have another. I mean, it, it depends how you look at it. They do have some good young players coming up. I will say, yeah, that. that's true. But my my point is, is like I don't think you need another change in coach and philosophy and whatnot. Let's just roll with what you guys know, which is, you know, yeah, have some coach. stability. Yeah. I mean, shoot, dude, uh, since Lindy Ruff in 2013, Lindy Ruff, uh, Hitchcock. Yeah. Then you had, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's now in St. Louis. Um, I can't think of it. Monty. Uh, yeah. Monty. Yeah. And then, uh, now bones. It's like, uh, man, it's been unstable. Totally unstable. coaching staff. <laughs> and like I said before, this team, I guarantee you, if they would have lost in the first round, maybe maybe second round for that matter, who knows, I swear they would have cleaned house. Uh, I think it would have been. In the front office. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But I'm just saying that was the, the mood. That was kind of the, like, you know, with all the different things right. that happened. Um, but on the other side, I will say, uh, you know, just what a fantastic group that was able to persevere through coaching change, uh, different swings in the season. Yeah. Well, coaching change in the middle of the season, man. And, the... and for reasons that nobody even understands still. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, looking forward, you know, obviously there were, Hudobin was, is going to be a uh, unrestricted free agent, but he is coming back home. Um, 
And nice. I think that's good. And, and uh, I think when they had their press conference or whatever about Hudobin, they basically said, we have two number one goalies now. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Uh, like, I, I was actually surprised that he stayed at the Stars. And he said that the only reason that he's staying is because he believes that they can make another run. And yeah. uh, I'm just like, all right, man, if you believe it, then, uh, then you know, I will too. Uh, because yeah. I was, you know, I was really questioning what was going to happen after this uh, playoffs because, you know, the core players aren't getting any younger with uh, Ben and Sagan. And uh, yeah, but I think it's, we're, I think we're moving to a new era now. I think yep. with Heiskanen, uh, Fox, yep. uh, we just resigned him, Klingberg. I, I thought he might be a free agent. Maybe not. Uh, and then uh, Hints, who was also injured. I mean, oh. you know, and then, of course, keep it on. By a bad call by the ref. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, um, we'll, we won't get into that. <laughs> terrible, yeah, no, that was... absolutely atrocious officiating that was in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, uh, I'm just glad there's – uh, brighter days, I think, for the stars. We're we're in a good spot. We're in the middle of their prime. I guess you could say this group's prime. And uh, let's let's see what they can do next year. They're bringing pretty much everyone back. And yep. um, we'll just hope they get healthy enough to start the season. <laughs> um, yep. Sagan's I, the only one. It seems like that won't be. Yeah, I think that. Hey, you know what? Once again, that's that's it's a product of what what happens. It's a casualty. Wait, really? Casualty yep. of war. Yeah, he's uh he's like having to get like a uh, surgery on uh, a couple different parts, I think. Oh God, I, I, I didn't exactly. know if he was like uh, you know a free agent or something. He was. Like, oh no no no, he's uh locked into a very long contract. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the season will start January first. Yeah, um, that's very interesting and very strange. Well, I have a feeling what they're going to do is they're going to basically start with the Winter Classic, wherever that is. That'd be interesting. And that'll be kind of the, the kickoff for, for the season. Well, um, can you believe it's getting close to somewhat close to a year since the uh, the one in Dallas? I that know. seems like it was a whole nother world in a century ago. And it was, <laughs> I mean, it almost was. Uh, so they have like less than two months for a, of an off season. Then it's basically already started. I mean, free agency is going on now. They just had the draft, and yeah, they're they're just going to be doing that. I mean, they haven't confirmed exactly when. I mean, but that's just what they they've said. But um, but yeah, there were some good runs in soccer though as well. If we're talking about awesome runs, mm. uh, with our final segment of the day, uh, basically uh, lots of different stuff happened since we last spoke. Basically, Champions League got ramped up again, um, and then the EPL ended, and then also started back up again. Yeah, <laughs> like a few weeks later. <laughs> yeah. So, and as did the other leagues, Bundesliga. Every, everybody else is now on. And, and props to the World Soccer Federation, whatever it is, who got all these leagues in line. And now, essentially, um, the way they handled it, which is perfectly, they are able to now resume um, how their upcoming season, or this current season, would have already been without any schedule conflicts. And, wow. And being able to, That's amazing. To, to pack in the second half of their season in a, a very condensed time frame. So um, we'll kind of just start with the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. 
some may know that I am a Bayern Munich fan, and so... Uh, Just a little bit. <laughs> you may know that about me. But, uh, yeah, so it, it was... Uh, f- they were definitely, I think, one of the favorites. I think you could also, uh, you know, as this new Champions League bubble, they were in um, Lisbon, Portugal, playing, and um, basically they had a bubble situation there uh, with the remaining teams, I think, in the uh, the quarterfinals. And so... Um, there were some good teams there, you know, Bayern, Manchester City, uh, you know, uh, Madrid, I think was in there, Barcelona, but then you had some dark horses like Lyon, Atalanta, um, and the like. And so, uh, basically, uh, long story short, uh, they, they changed the format for the Champions League. If some of you are familiar with how it normally is, is they used to have two legs for the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. semifinals. Uh, and that always factored into the road goal as a tiebreaker and things like that. I really uh, uh, right. somewhat enjoy that dynamic. But um, it was all uh, one and done. Uh, for It was basically knockout rounds for the, the whole tournament, which added a really interesting dynamic that I didn't even realize um, until like the middle of the tournament when I was following Bayern. So um, I think, you know, with Manchester City losing um, – kind of early uh i think that kind of opened up Bayern. you know i think they were one of the favorites anyway and um they just really dismantled the competition i think the the big win that comes to mind was the um the win against barcelona where they won uh eight to two um and that was i think once i once i saw that i knew yeah this team is is making a run and um you know, having followed lots of different Bayern teams over the last decade, I guess you could say, um, it, I, this definitely ranks as like the best I've probably ever seen um, performances wow. by uh, Lewandowski, who led, who scored so many goals and across all competitions. He probably would have won the 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 Ballon d'Or, d'Or, however you pronounce that. Um, mm-hmm. He probably would have won that, but they they delayed that. Um, award for this year they postponed it so they didn't award it to anybody but he won the the best uh, player in the champions league but you know led by him uh, guys like serge nabry who's really an up-and-coming german uh, national team player he's just he was just fantastic in a lot of those games uh you had alfonso davies mls product uh starting every single game uh you had you know just a lot of other you know thomas muller Kimmich, uh, a lot of the German national team players that you would you would recognize, all just stepping up. It, uh, this is probably the most loaded Bayern Munich team I've seen in quite a while, and um, they've nice. had they've had a lot of they've had a lot of disappointments. And for a team that wins the league, their domestic league every year, the Champions League, and I know this sounds snobby or whatever, because you know there's a lot of teams who die for a domestic title. Um, but in the Bundesliga, it's just different there. And so obviously if they win a, a domestic title, it doesn't really, nobody really even flinches, but, uh, Champions That's League so was crazy, nice. man. So, yeah. um, now that was good, but, uh, we are in the middle of the EPL starting up again. And we have, um, you know, Kellen and myself both have our teams. Uh, some <laughs> of you know, I'm an Arsenal fan. They're doing okay this year, but... We have an Everton fan with Kelly yeah. now, um, and he's really turned up the Everton fandom recently. And um, turns out they're, it, they're kicking ass. What do you? What can you attribute to Everton's early success? 
Oh man, uh, there's the big um, transfers in the off in the transfer window. Yeah. Um, Allen and also um, I can't remember the other guy's name because I'm a terrible fan. And uh, really good in the midfield. Uh, right. A lot of it just from Carlo Ancelotti, man. Uh, just really just being able to pick up on these parts. I really wish Haas were here because he knows much more of the background uh, <laughs> yeah. on this. And also a lot of these players were guys that used to play for him. Yeah. And uh, I don't have, uh, like I said, I'm still relatively new to the yeah. uh, European soccer scene. No, so that's good. Uh, I'm still trying to figure you know, out all those ties and everything. So, but anyways, regardless, Angela is really building this up. But uh, another thing that's really helping pro- um, uh, push this thing forward mm-hmm. is the um, coming of um, English and Everton homegrown uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Man. Mm. This guy is... Yeah, I've heard uh, of that guy. Yeah, he just scored uh first goal for England on his first call up uh, to the English squad mm-hmm. to the first squad which was massive and like kind of cementing it and now it's uh, he's like starting to become one of the most talked about in the English Premier Week as far as strikers go young strikers right. go, which is uh, excellent for us because uh, he has already two hat tricks this season um, oh, and wow, has really? scored in every single game except for one in the uh, how do you say it again, Andy? The for the championship, uh, for the FA Cup. What's it called? The Carabao. Oh, the Carabao Cup. Cup. Yeah, the it, that Cup. was the only game that he hasn't. Uh, there was just one game in that that he didn't score in, and every single major, you know, Premier League appearance and also now international appearance. Wow, he scored in. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, I de- that guy is definitely up and coming. For the national team and you know obviously there's some rumors of them potentially selling him but i think that's, oh man but, but i hope not <laughs> but to be honest and this is something you'll learn kellen in terms of european football if you're a team that's not uh you know one of the big ones i guess you could say it mm-hmm. you if you ever foster young talent there's always going to be rumors of bigger clubs trying to get them for on both sides whether that be the player wanting to uh, they always believe at some point they're ready for the next big thing. For example, Kai Havertz um, was a star for Leverkusen in the Bundesliga. He's one of the ever. He's arguably the the most up and coming German soccer player right now. And, okay. Um, you know he. There was rumors he was going to go to Bayern. That's usually the next logical step in any young German's career if they're not already playing right. for Bayern is to play for them. Uh, but then even above that is to play in the Premier League. And so um, that's why he made the jump to Chelsea right away. And wow. with Calvert-Lewin, it's like, I think it's just always going to be, there's always going to be speculation out there no matter what. But if he keeps playing good, man, I mean, I don't know. It'd be cool if he'd be one of those guys who stays with the club. Yeah. Right. But I understand these things don't always happen. See, Bruni back in the day from Everton was a homegrown Evertonian. Then all of a sudden gets transferred, you know, he transfers out to Man U and then becomes part of the legacy that made Man U. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and that's that's, that's the other cool thing. You know, it's like even Arsenal, for that matter, even though they're a little bit bigger club, but they're in a transition period right now. And uh, the fun thing about being a soccer fan is that 
you have different expectations for different teams. And right. for for you, for example, I would say uh, a quote unquote championship for you would be like that would be crazy. Would, well, no, no, but like a, a quote unquote championship. Obviously, you know who knows. Leicester's won it before, but right. Let's just assume that doesn't happen. Still, right. a, a successful season, I guess, is a better term. Is uh, let's say you guys finish fourth. What if you guys get into Europe? You know, there are different things. You know, what mm-hmm. if you do well in the FA Cup like Arsenal did last this past year? They finished like seventh or eighth, but yet they finished and won the FA Cup, which is a trophy. And at the end of the day, if you look back at the season, it's like, well, we didn't win at all. Still have hardware, right? Hundred percent. And so some teams can't say that. Hello, Tottenham. Um, <laughs> but Throwing I, shade. Yeah. Hey, speaking of all that, yeah. uh, Andy, can you give us a report on how Arsenal's doing thus far? Yeah, so it's early, but they've they've definitely started off. I would say pretty strong. They beat who they were supposed to beat. I think so far so far this season, they have a really um, tough test coming up. Uh, and you know, like for example, their first test of this year was Liverpool, um, and they did not fare well. In that one, um, they lost mm. three to one. They subsequently beat them the three days later in the Carabao Cup in penalties with literally all the kids playing. Um, but you know, Liverpool doesn't care about that. Um, you know, they right. were the, you know they were able to beat West Ham, Fulham, things like that. But the, that's really um, that's really it so far. So it's been early. Uh, I think there's still high hopes. I think Arteta is uh, really a good coach and they've kind of finally found a good replace or I guess successor to Arsene Wenger. Uh, so I think they're definitely on the right track. Obama Yang, of course, resigned, which I think a lot of people expected. Uh, and he's obviously, you know, a goal scoring machine. So yeah, man, this next week is going to be interesting for both of our teams. If we just quickly look to, uh, cause we're in the international break right now. Right. Uh, we have two amazing games, and uh, I hope you're an early riser because Everton <laughs> is playing. Yeah, it's the Derby, man. And what's the Derby called again? It's the Merseyside Derby. Merseyside Derby. Um, that is scheduled to kick off at what six a.m. The... Oh man, Hold the on. earliest game. No. Uh, let's see. I'll have to get up early. Oh, well, six, six, Andy's six. looking that up. I have a quick uh, question yeah, for both yeah. of you. So, uh, as you know, my silence proves I'm not exactly very well versed in the English Premier League or European soccer, but I did have a question. I sure. noticed when I was looking up Everton that you guys have Jaime Rodriguez, and I haven't heard about that guy since, like, you know, the World Cups and. The last yeah. I remember was he was yeah, a very good That's the other guy I was trying to think of. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Uh, we didn't mention him. Well, I guess my first question would be, I see he was in Bayern Munich. Andy, yeah. do you have any, like, recollections from him when he was there? And then yeah. my second question would be, like, Kellen, what's he like now? Yeah, so obviously he got immediate fame in the 2014 World Cup as right. any young player that emerges in the World Cup, it's, like, the biggest... Uh, it's the biggest windfall for that player. Uh, I can remember Thomas Muller in the twenty oh, yeah. in the twenty ten World Cup when he scored when he won the Golden Boot or he tied it with Diego Forlan. Uh, both those players immediately got big contracts from either their current team or a bigger team. 
Uh, Did Mario Getz get one? Gotze, uh yeah, he, yeah, he basically signed with Bayern either, yeah, that subsequent summer, or he was already rumored to sign with Bayern, but he was at Dortmund before. Uh, so yeah, essentially when he got that, yeah, he got another contract as well, but he kind of fell off. But, um, yep. but anyway, if we're just talking about Hamas, yeah, I think obviously he he was one of the big stars in 2014, and he immediately signed with Real Madrid, uh, which was a big uh, step up for him. I thought he played all right there. Uh, I can't I can't remember too much when he played for Madrid. I think he did decent. I think he had some injuries. Uh, when he played yeah. for Bayern, it was. Like I was saying with the injuries, he had some injuries, but he was also playing with a really stacked club. Uh, he didn't get as much playing time. I mean, he certainly did when Ancelotti was coaching there as well. Um, but mm-hmm. then he got axed, and then the whole regime changed, and he had different leadership, different coaches. He honestly found it tough to play, um, and I don't know if he was fully fit. He had some good moments for Bayern, but I, I really don't think we saw the full James Rodriguez for Bayern. For Everton, it looks like it, he's regaining that form, wouldn't you say, Colin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, had uh, two goals, actually, uh, against uh, uh, what I'm telling you, man. I'm bad at being no, on the spot good. like this. No, you're good. Uh, was it against... <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, it was okay. uh, Bro, Brighton. Come on. Brighton. That's who Brighton, it was. yep. Yep, Brighton. Yep. yep. So, uh, in the pouring rain. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, no, I mean, excellent, man. He's just excellent at moving the ball up, uh, you know, showing the control and just amazing yeah. passing form. Uh, that, that is the greatness there, but, uh, also just the deadly, you know, snipe long strike. Oh, also, yeah, yeah that, no, the guy's been an absolute boon to the midfield is exactly what Everton has needed actually just to get Very this nice. going. It's, it's making the, the team much more confident and pressing because they've, you know, you can just tell that they've got much more control in the midfield than they did the season prior. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, James is an interesting player. He's like, I mean, what position does he officially play? I guess he's a uh, attacking. Yeah, is, oh, I think a, he's a, attacking midfielder or wing. Yeah, he's a cam. Yeah, and he's only. Oh, well, he's twenty nine. So I mean, he's. Right in the middle of his prime, and yeah, he's already scored three goals for for every yep. t- in four games, four appearances. So that's, a, that's I'd a say that's game. a good uh, turnaround right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he only had he, uh, he ended up with fourteen for Bayern, and then Madrid he had twenty nine in eighty five appearances though. So that's he's he wasn't a goal scoring machine by any means, but at this rate he, he's looking really good. And for Everton, it's going to be uh, really interesting if we just kind of wrap up soccer talk with kind of the table and what we see uh, go, good. going forward. Uh, you know, obviously it's only uh, four, three or four games. Some people played three, some people yep. played four. It's early. Everton's at the top. They've won all their games. They what? They've uh, their goal differential is pretty fantastic. Uh, Aston Villa is right behind them. I don't know if anyone would have thought that. Um, <laughs> Dude, they're good, man. Yeah, they they actually have a. They're looking great. They have a. They actually have a higher goal differential than than Everton does in in one yeah. in one less game. Uh, you have Leicester and then Arsenal and then of course Liverpool. Tottenham, Chelsea, as we go down the list. Uh, the one team that is not 
doing so well is uh, the lovely team of Manchester United. Oh, man. They got spanked last weekend. Menu. 1-0-2 with a negative 6 goal differential. Jeez. Oh, um, that's not good. Um, no, that's not good at all. Uh, so, I think, if anything... Uh, you know, these, this crazy COVID sports season has shown that, you know, sometimes team teams can um, surprise people, especially if you factor in in Europe. You know, uh, I mean, uh, in England, I don't think they're opening it up to fans. I know in Germany they're opening up to some fans, but either way, it's not full capacity. So you're not dealing with that element. And I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see the EPL this year more so for the fact that it looks like it's going to be complete chaos with the top yes uh, five or six teams it looks interesting like it's not just the <clears throat> usual suspects yeah. every single time yeah it's I mean I think you can expect Liverpool to be yeah, up there they'll bounce back eventually Chelsea probably Maybe. but the Maybe they've rest... gotten fat and complacent with their uh, I mean re- recent success I mean even <laughs> even city has kind of struggled out of the gate but you can imagine they'll eventually turn around but you, now we have new players you know Aston Villa Everton um, I guess Arsenal's starting to turn it around maybe we'll see I'm not going to get my hopes up even <laughs> even Leeds has two wins Leeds United yeah man. and they just got promoted I definitely don't expect that to uh, continue the stick yeah right but yeah no exciting stuff um with that man i mean uh, it's just uh we'll be definitely having some some tea on saturday morning yeah andy man some point man when everything's clear up yeah. we still gotta go to bavarian grill dude <laughs> yeah no of course we, we definitely will um i miss like legit german beer man <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude no i mean that that theirs is pretty good uh so oh. it, it's it's about the best you can get around here, honestly. So good, man. Uh, to the listener at home, you did not miss here. No invitation was extended my way. So that was, <laughs> that Dude. Was just very real. Wow, oh, Andy, man. Yeah. I did have a question. Like, yeah, speaking up? of uh, players that I heard of <laughs> during the World Cup, mm-hmm. but then never followed up on. Uh looks like Arsenal has Masut Uzil. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. Or he's about uh, to be dealt. It's been a really odd thing with Ozil, uh, and even go, dating back to the the 2018 World Cup, where he just really didn't play well at all. But then he was the uh, the victim of some very racist um, taunts and stuff. Not taunts, but Ooh. just just uh, racist stuff from some of the German fans, I guess. Uh, and so that was a big deal in the World Cup. But anyway, uh, for Arsenal, it's weird. He hasn't appeared in a game in a while he's just been on the roster they they signed him to a huge contract years ago but then um with the new coaches he's really never i don't know what's going on it's a really weird situation with him and i definitely think he needs a scenery change even though i definitely respect the guy and definitely uh you know i like him when he's playing well but he i've never really seen him play really well at all um for arsenal or germany in the last four or five years I think in 2014, when they won the World Cup, he was still pretty good. He was playing for Real Madrid at the time. But it didn't really carry over, and I'm not sure what's going on with him. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if he's or whatever, but he definitely needs a change of scenery. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember really liking him. Um, yeah. That was years ago. So. Time yeah. flies, man. 
2014 yep. seems like it was yesterday. Yep. yep. It seemed like a whole different lifetime ago. Even though it does seem like it was yesterday at the same time. <laughs> well, um, awesome. So that's yeah. going to wrap this episode up. Uh, yep. Thanks for tuning in. I know the stream was intermittent at times, and we ended up actually just giving up on the stream altogether at some point during this broadcast. But um, next time we'll kind of work on our connection. I think there's somebody in this household playing Call of Duty that may have adversely <laughs> affected that. Um, yeah, stay tuned for the next one. Stay safe. Um, oh, can I say one more thing? Wear a mask. Yep. Uh, we forgot to touch on aesthetics, but I think we can quickly say that the aesthetics of every jersey that's ever been worn uh, in the intervening time from our last podcast of this one has been mage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to touch on that. Um, let me see if I can think of one off the top of my head. I guess the Black Mamba jerseys. Uh, oh, yeah, he did mention that. That's true. Uh, yeah, Coast- we, we fulfilled. Oh. Did y'all see Coastal Carolina's? Uh, no. Coastal Carolina, y'all can Google it later. Basically, their field was like aqua. Uh, oh, jeez. Is it one of those like uh, like Boise State? Yeah, but it was aqua, not blue. Oh, jeez. So that's probably my Dude, aesthetic. that's like the worst color for your <laughs> Oh, uh, Mavs are wearing throwbacks next year. And, nice. Um, the one with the M with the hat? Yes. Yes, I love that logo. <laughs> Dude, yes. Yeah, I love that logo, man. I, it was Dude, so classic. Was the 90s. It really was. And there's a basketball in the background. It was so awesome. I love that. Like, I really like that look. The green and blue, it was awesome. Yes. All right. Anyways. Well, hey, good stuff. Keep on rocking in the free world. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll talk at another time. All right, that sounds good. See y'all. Eat vegan. Um, hey, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Mm.